Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome into another edition of More Outdoors. Glad to have you with us. And if I can get this reverb out of my head, I'll be doing a whole lot better. Anyway, we have got a great show planned for you. We've got Huntfish Talk coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. And that means uh, we'll be joined by Keith Lusher and also Wendy Billyot will be joining us. Uh, Martha Spencer's fishing on the boat today, and we've got some some uh, issues to discuss, including the ban on deer urine attractant for Louisiana. And we also have uh, an issue of, you know, the... LOWA, Louisiana Outdoor Writer Association, it's not really a controversial issue, but we want to explain to you what goes on and uh, try to figure out what you can do to get involved in a number of events that is sponsored, including the Fish of the Year, the Youth Angle of the Year, and the Youth Journalism Contest. So at any rate, uh, what we need to do right here before we get the Rad Trasher in, because we're going to talk to him about the Star Rodeo, get the current leaderboard update. It's just recently updated a couple of days ago. Time is running out. We've only got a couple of weekends left to go, but there's still some good opportunity to cash in on it. And then we're going to also talk to him about Ride the Bull because he is the director of that event and uh, as well as the Star Tournament, and that's going to be a biggie next weekend in Grand Isle. I'll be down there. But first, we need to take a break, and I need to get this uh, technical difficulty we've got straightened out, and we'll be right back to talk to Rad. Stay tuned with us. You're listening to More Outdoors. And welcome back into More Outdoors. And we're trying to deal with this problem. I don't know if we're going to be able to get through it. We'll see if we can get to it to the next break. But let me get Rad Trasher in here. Hello, Rad. How you doing? It sounds better than you, Don. <laughs> better than me, huh? Well, well I, I mean, keep I, hearing myself we, we can, is the problem. Well, gotcha. Well, see, we can't hear what what uh, what you're dealing with, so uh, uh, I hate. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, anyway, we got you in here to talk about two things. Which do you like to prefer to talk about first? Ride the bull or star? Well, let's do star first. Um, you know, we've got we've only have two weeks left, I guess. Um, so it's coming to the end. But you know, usually Don, we, you know, the tag redfish and most of the heaviest fish kind of come in early in the summer. Um, this year is totally different. I have had five tag redfish caught uh, in the last ten days. So it just shows you that it's never over until until Labor Day. You know. Um, Unfortunately, all of those anglers were have been unregistered, uh, two of which were kids, um, and so it's been kind of heartbreaking. We, we're we're trying to give that Bent's RV away and, and a handful of nautic stars, and unfortunately, the wrong folks are catching them. Well, that's surprising. You know, this has been the strangest star tournament as far as the redfish category I can ever remember, right out the. The, the, the start off the bat, there was one caught by a registered angler, and then all of a sudden there was crickets. And now you're telling me this week you had a whole rush on them. It, it really is. Uh, you know, usually, like I said, we have that one first out of the gate, and then, you know, June is usually stacked up. But so in we had another one caught on Big Lake. Uh, that's the second one for the tournament. Uh, we had one down 
uh, in the Dulac area. Um, that was caught last week. Then we had one in Lake Hermitage um, and another one near uh, near Hopedale as well. And so it just they stack up now. Does that mean that they started biting again or the what the water's getting right in those areas? Who knows? Um, but there's still plenty of chances. Can you tell us where those were caught? So, so far, uh, not the first winter we had came from Hopedale. And then all of the other ones, uh, we had two in Big Lake, one in Lake Hermitage, uh, another one in the Hopedale, like Bayou, Milo, Milo, somewhere like in there. Um, I had one in between Dulac and Cocodry, and uh, and then one at the Empire Jetties, and I'm forgetting one, but there's one more <laughs> somewhere in there. All right. So um, looking at the the leaderboard, give us what you consider to be some open opportunities with just a few weeks left to go in this tournament? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, where the fishing was not right early in the summer, like in the, in Venice and the East division, as well as in that Southwest division in the Sippermore point for million Bay. To me, if, if I'm going to tackle something, that's where I'm headed because, you know, the fish have been there, but the rivers and, and, and water quality have not uh, made it for good fishing for June and July, and it's getting right in all of them. Uh, you know, everything that we're seeing is, is just running behind, especially in those areas. And so whether that's trout, but either in kayak, the division, or fly division, um, that's, that's where I would probably go tackle it. Um, I heard of a couple seven-pound fish caught out. Uh, you know, in that ship shoal area, you know, outside Sippermore Point. Uh, I haven't seen them hit the leaderboard, so, but they're out there. So I, that's what I would probably do is try to tackle those areas that haven't, haven't gotten the attention all summer that some of the other ones have. But, you know, look, um, we all know it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you fish. There's a chance whether it's a tag redfish or, you know, your, your, your trophy trout or trophy sheep's head or flounder, you name it. Um, we, we've got a lot of openings now. You know, if I was, it, I wouldn't try to go tackle the Cobia division. <laughs> uh, as you've seen, we've had <laughs> what a ninety-nine pounder on there. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a few that that are probably locked up, and we knew they were locked up when it happened. But uh, truly, we don't have, especially in the inshore categories, anything that I just say is unbeatable. Yeah, and you know the uh, the kids division, and we talk about this year after year that um, you know there's some real opportunities there. And I think you know for people that have f- kids to fish with, tell us how they can get involved in getting that. I mean, especially in that East Division and the Southwest divisions. Uh, look, it's easy. The, your kid has to be a ten dollar member of CCA. It's free to fish star, and then all they have to do is. Uh, register a trout or a flounder over 14 inches and you can bring it to one of the weigh stations or you can just take a picture of the fish on a ruler and send it to us and so if you've got a couple weeks left to, to fish with them before they go back to school and you know you start thinking more about hunting season get them in the chances are absolutely incredible 
And don't forget, just for that $10 min, uh, entry fee, they're also eligible for all the adult divisions. Truly, we had the guy in Hopedale, in Bayou Milo, Milo, however you pronounce it, as well as the one in Lake Hermitage. Milo. One was caught by a, one was caught by an 11-year-old, one was caught by a 12-year-old. They would have taken those tag redfish prizes home in, instead of the little John boat. So um, get them in. It is so easy. And, you know, you're looking at the leaderboard, Don, but, you know, it's better than a 1 in 100 chance that they're going to win a boat, motor, and trailer. Well, the technical difficulties are now on our end. Hey, Rat. There you are. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're... It's still mostly on my end. It's uh, it's it's pretty <laughs> difficult to deal with, but we'll keep we'll keep going tell. till we get to the next break. And I got a I got another plan for that. <laughs> we'll do what you got to do. You know, you, I'm always used to you being <laughs> one of the best in the business of give and take questions, and this is this is not normal. <laughs> well, it's like I'm talking to three people. Uh, I'm talking to, to you, me, and me again. This other guy. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Well, what other comments can you make about this star? Um, you know, it's not too late to buy a ticket. And, and, you know, for the most part, a lot of it is over. But there's still some opportunity out there. And if you've been hearing Tofield Bourgeois do the reports with me, he's had, I think, five or six people that would have a winning speckled trout out there, but none of them were registered. It is actually amazing. Tofield called me, I guess it was Monday, Monday night after he put a picture of a couple seven pounders up uh, on Facebook and he was registering those people that night. He called me and he's like, how do I do this? You know, it's nine o'clock at night and a bunch of folks from Texas. And so I did it over the phone. Uh, And of course they go the next day and they catch nothing but five pounders. And so it didn't work out, but Look, they're out there. Once again, it's never too late. It is cheaper than the the shrimp you're going to put on your boat. It's cheaper than the gas that you put in your boat. Get registered, and regardless, get those kids in. It is, it's easy. They get a year's membership. That way we can communicate with them year-round year about what's going on in conservation measures in school and you name it, uh, and it's 10 bucks, and chances are they're going to win a boat motor trailer. All that sounds good, Rad. Um, give us the numbers on this year's tournament. Um, has it been up, down, about the same as it's been the last few years? It's a little up, uh, not uh, overwhelmingly up, but we're going to, I think, I haven't seen it in the last week or two, but my guess is we're going to end up a little over 12,000. Um, and so, you know, all is good. It, it's funny, you know, it, because people fit, you know, it's based on a fishing tournament, whether they're going or their confidence levels in, in fishing. You know, we get a lot of turnover every year. But uh, but chance, but right now I think we'll end up in the, you know, 4 to 5% up. And, you know, we, we can live with that. I wish it would be a lot more. I wish, I, you know, the six or seven people that caught tag redfish would have won. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we'll get there one day where we don't have to talk about unregistered anglers. <laughs> well, I think that's always going to be the case, and I think that adds a lot of mystery and intrigue into the whole event. Uh, outstanding catches this year. You mentioned that lemonfish. That, that's incredible. I, I'm sure that's a, a star record. Um, some of the other categories that you were surprised by. I was a little bit surprised by the lack of big trout coming in from that west area, although you got to – 
you know, a decent fish in the lead there. But still, I mean, normally uh, in a normal year, there would be a lot bigger, more bigger trout brought in. Yeah, you know, and, and it was, it's been kind of interesting to watch because, like I talked about earlier, you know, with the high water uh, on the east and west side of the state, kind of sent things into a kind of ta- a weird pattern. Usually in, in the west, we have multiple seven-pound fish caught the first weekend and the second weekend. I mean, it kind of never fails. Uh, that last weekend of May, first weekend of June is blockbuster over there. Well, this year they had super high water that looked like the Mississippi River, and so nobody was catching fish. Uh, definitely not in those areas where they usually find those big trout. And so it was almost like they missed that window of opportunity. Um, and so it's been weird. Now, you know, we do have close to a seven-pound trout over there now. Uh, Zach's caught a couple nice ones. But, you know, I, I still think, it, you know, those fish didn't go anywhere. They just they, they moved into little different areas. And it wouldn't surprise me you have a lead change over there um, in these next couple of weeks when the weather's right and, and the water seems to be doing well. You know, everybody thinks of a move, you know, those big trout early in the summer. I was talking to Ty Masson the other day, and we started looking, and that is true. But, I mean, I, just since my tenure at Running Star, I think I counted four or five guys that won the stout, trout division in August. Um, so it's possible. It definitely does happen. And I think most of it's based on weather conditions. You know, uh, you post on the leaderboard, you know, three, the top three places. And in one of the categories, it's the speckled trout East. You actually had two with a 5.76 and you got C rule number nine for tiebreakers. What is a tiebreaker rule when you get two fish exact same weight? And look, it's pretty hard to do when you go to, you know, hundreds of a pound. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, it is based upon who weighs the fish in first. Um, so you won't get, you know, bumped off the board if you're first and then the second fish comes in. And believe it or not, you know, thanks to our attorneys, you have to have another one that if those are the exact same times, uh, it's who registered first. So those policies are in place just in case it happens. And and it is really shocking how many ties we do have uh, throughout the year, but uh, throughout all the years. So the first place, you know, is, is East. He weighted in first. Uh, the tie, he gets bumped to second. And, uh, and we kind of go on from there. But, you know, when you have... 30 weigh stations across the coast, you know, those kind of things are possible, not only the same weights, but same times and, and so on. Sounds like you got the same tie-breaking process as the NFL does for the playoff situation. Man. <laughs> it can get pretty hairy in there. Well, at least I don't have blind referees making it happen. <laughs> Touche. Hey, um, bank fishing. You know, now this has got to, we talked about surprises. That's surprising to me that a 6.18 is leading the bank fishing category. Well, you know, and it is really fun. In fact, that's going to be one of the topics for for next year of maybe trying to split that division up. Um, Because, you know, people ask, you know, why do you have all four divisions and so on? And it's basically to give everybody a shot because we know some areas produce historically bigger fish than others. I never in a million years thought guys were catching, you know, six pound fish off the bank on a regular basis, but it actually is now happening in Southwest Louisiana. Um, and, and really 
I've had more questions on that one because early in the year they were catching them when the East, the regular East Trout Division wasn't producing big fish. And, you know, all these guys are calling, what do I do? Well, you know, it's, it, it's your gamble. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a six-pound fish on the bank, it, to me, in our world, you know, down Highway 1 and, and you know, in, in the far east part of the state, that just, that just doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, down there, it's obviously a regular basis. Uh, I think that was basically the same weight that, that won it last year. I got another rule question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about Tofield flying these guys out there and they're catching these potential winning trials. Unfortunately, none of them were registered, but they're getting seven-plus pound fish coming in. Is that considered bank fishing? If you fly out there, you get out of the plane and you're walking along the, the surf and you're fishing, or is that considered being transported by a vessel, even though it's an air vessel? That, those fish, the tow feelers catch them, would end up having to be in the overall trout division. Uh, the bank fishing division rules state that you have to be able to get there by foot or by automobile. And we did that to open up those opportunities to the people that don't have boats or don't have the, quite possibly the opportunity to jump on a, on a seaplane with tow field. Uh, so no, just because you're standing in the water does not automatically mean you're in the bank. And that also goes for the guys that are in boats and drive to an Island. Uh, that doesn't work either. Uh, you got to be able to get there by foot or by, by car and uh, and no airplanes or, or or boats can be involved in the process. And that's like I said, just to keep it fair and give those folks the opportunity to, to fish a star. How many people do y'all have? You, you got to have a staff that researches these rules and writes these rules. And it's I mean, you guys, to your credit, I mean, you've got just about all the bases covered. But even at that, I'm sure there's something that comes up that nobody ever thought about before. And has well, to be you know. We tweak them every year, and and that's usually because either we learned a lesson or we watched some other tournament learn a lesson. You know, the the beauty of having 13,000 people fish this thing is – we see a lot, uh, and we know a lot of folks, and, you know, we're we're watching all these other tournaments. Uh, but, you know, we, we've also been doing it for 25 years. This is the 25th anniversary, and so, you know, hopefully we get it right by now. But, <laughs> but it never fails. Something new comes up. You know, there's been controversies at, at some of the local fundraising kind of tournaments uh, this summer. And, uh, you know, we're all kind of watching it. And, seeing what the other folks do uh you know the the tournament director circle is pretty small and uh we we all talk a whole lot we're talking with rad trasher director of the cca star tournament if you got a question or a comment we'd love to hear from you you can either text us at 870-870 that's our text board comes right here to the studio or you're welcome to call call and join in the conversation by way of telephone the number is 504 Two six zero six three six eight. Rad, where does this all end? When the, the the ripples clear and all the winners are designated and the polygraphs, if required, are taken, uh, when is the awards banquet and who's it open to? It's open to everybody. We encourage everybody to come. It is one of the you know the best events we do a year because you're literally going to walk 
Wasser, you know, almost $500,000 walk out the door. Uh, so everybody's in a pretty good mood. Uh, it is in Baton Rouge on October 17th at Live Oak Arabians, which is a, one of the most beautiful pieces of property probably in the state, but it is in the heart of Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, we bring in all the trucks and boats that we give away uh, and probably 1,500 of our closest friends, and, and we have a pretty good party. So encourage all your listeners to come. It's 50 bucks. That includes dinner, open bar, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a sight to see. And finally, uh, before we wrap up our conversation on Star and turn it to Ride the Bull, um, any thoughts or things that came up this year that you're considering for next year or are you going to wait until it's all over with and then come do a re- revisit and see if there's any rule changes that need to come about or deletions or additions to any of the categories? You know, luckily, let me go ahead and knock on wood. I haven't had any rule problems at the moment, uh, no, no drama that I know of. Um, and so we really haven't gotten into that. Uh, like I talked about, we might think about splitting the bank division and doing some some of those kind of things just to kind of broaden um, the capabilities of people around the state. But, you know, we also usually send a survey out to our members after the tournament to say, hey, what are you thinking? What do you see? And what would you like to see? And, you know, of course, every year it's more prizes and more divisions. And, and I like those ideas. I just got to go find the sponsors to, to help us with the prizes. But, uh, you know, we're, we're always open to changes. We're always open to suggestions. You know, sometimes we can pull them off and sometimes we can't. So uh, if you do have one of those, don't hesitate to reach out through, through our website, shoot me an email, give me a call. Uh, you know, we're always trying to make it better. You know, one of the questions that I probably get more often than others when people discuss on it is uh, the Calcutta from Calcasieu. Explain that, why they have it for that area. Well, what what had happened was we had a handful of members over there that had uh, that wanted to do a live catch and release uh, division, and you know, in the in the beginning, we we've had issues with photographs and photoshopping and whatever, and so we needed the way stations to be able to do it. The other piece of that, and the reason the West was when we created that little division, it was we were seeing major eight-pound fish stack, you know, coming in all the time uh, over there, and so they wanted to give them an incentive that if they didn't think it was going to be the leader, you know, to put it back in the water, and you know, besides, you know, maybe Bridgeside and Sand Dollar and a couple of them, not every marina has the op, you know the ability to take a live fish and put it back themselves. And so that's where it started there. It's just a, it's a small kind of token prize, but, uh, you know, we might spread it. I, I think, you know, if, if you ask me what is the number one thing I hear about is why don't we have a catch, you know, catch and release division statewide. And quite frankly, I'd like to do it. It's just a matter of trying to figure out how to pull it off. Yeah, um, you know, there have been several attempts at, at having catch-and-release speckle trout divisions and, and strictly tournaments for that, and it is not easy. I mean, look at these water temperatures we've got. Speckle trout are not the hardiest fish. 
uh, particularly when you're trying to catch big ones. Uh, they're very hard to, to keep alive and to revive, and uh, it just doesn't seem to, to, to work. But, however, this one that goes on over there seems to be pretty successful at attracting participation. Well, it is. You know, I think it's mainly due to, you know, if you're fishing big lake, chances are you don't have a long run. Um, you're usually, you know, you're, to me, Big Lake is either really rough and you're not fishing, or it's pretty calm. Um, and the the marina is right on the water. Once they get through their launch cycle in the morning, it, that marina slows down tremendously. And so when somebody pulls up with one of those fish, they can get on it and get on it quick and, and take care of it. And so that's that's part of that struggle uh, that we have. You know, you know. Look, I, and we'll talk about it with Ride the Bull. You know, Bridgeside's one of the best marinas in the state. They're awesome to us. They're great people. But if you look at that family and say, drop everything you're doing and weigh this fish this second, that's not going to happen. You know, they're they're cycling thousands of people through there every day. Um, and so, you know, like I said, you just have limited options of who can pull that off. Um, but I, I think you're going to start seeing more and more opportunities for just a catch in a photo. Um type of thing where we don't have to bring them to way stations. And, and so that's my hopes are so we can add that component uh, where that way, you know, it's based on lease and, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, I got to figure out some software that keeps people from Photoshopping things. <laughs> <laughs> Red, what, if, if people want to comment, you, you send out questionnaires to the participants and, and that's certainly a good way to get feedback, but other ways that they might want to contact you and, uh, make suggestions, and of course, if anybody out there is, is interested in becoming a sponsor or a volunteer, you can always use more of those. What's the best way to get you? The the easiest way is shoot me an email. It's rad at ccalouisiana dot com. But find us on on online ccastar dot com. Um, but you know, go to our Facebook, our Instagram page. We monitor all of it. Um, find us, shoot us a message. We we don't hide. We do Facebook Live uh, every couple weeks as well that you can you can ask us questions. So shoot shoot it to us. Like I said, I wish I could hide more, but I can't. So uh, <laughs> get, get on your computer. I promise you'll find me pretty quick. Very good. Well, Red, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and let's talk about Ride the Bull. And, wow, what an event this is going to be. And for people that may be just tuning in or just landed here from another planet – Tell them how this thing got started and what it's all about. So, 10 years ago, uh, Captain Danny and Kristen Ray uh, were guides on uh, guides on Grand Isle. Danny has been a kayak um, guide and kind of, I don't know, one, one of the pioneers is definitely in South Louisiana of getting people into kayak fishing. And his wife, uh, unfortunately, passed away from cancer, but when she was around, she was the idea lady, and Everybody was kind of sitting around one day after a uh, after one of the big tournaments at Bridgeside, and said, "Why don't we do this in kayaks?" <laughs> and uh, you know what we what everybody started out thinking was going to be ten or fifteen people. I think the first year he started reaching out to us, and I think we ended up having sixty seventy, uh, and kind of all looked around and went, "Holy cow, this could be big!" And uh, you know. Ten years later, we've got you know seven hundred people participating, and you know teams of volunteers to try to pull it off, and it's pegged the world's largest kayak tournament. So, uh, started with small thoughts of just a good way to 
you know, kind of get our friends together and, and have a good time. And now it's turned into a, a whole different animal. And CCA has kind of picked up the reins on this, and that's a great thing because you've got a lot of resources to help out, and you all done a fantastic job and continue to expand it. Um, unlike STAR, though, this is a really simple event as far as the categories. Now, there's other aspects of it that make it a little technical, but as far as, you know, people are going out and they're looking for one species, bull redfish. Yes, the 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 – the rules and, and what you're aiming for is a very simple compared to star, but this is an undertaking like no other. Now, you know, Danny and Kristen created this thing. And like I said, unfortunately, Kristen passed away after a long battle of cancer. Danny came to us and said, look, I can't do this without her. And nobody other than y'all has the mechanism to kind of pull this off. And so we took it over, I guess this is five, uh, four or five years uh, ago we took it over and that's kind of the way I looked at it Don was hey you know like this is simple <laughs> this is a couple hundred people all after one species it's catch and release no big deal but factor in 700 kayaks you know 25 chase boats that go and pick up the fish and get them to to weigh in you know so we can tag them measure them and, and weigh them and get them back in the water uh it's a it's an undertaking, uh, it, it's, but a fun undertaking, something totally you know, different than what we were used to. Uh, but, you know, the beauty of us taking it over, not only because we had the mechanisms, but, you know, we've been a sponsor and a volunteer for 10 years. I think I've held every position through there uh, from the first year of burning steaks at the captain's meeting to waymaster to, you know, what chase boat operator and, and now running. Is this a break-even event, or does it actually make some money? And if it does, who is the beneficiary of the proceeds? So uh, I think last year uh, was the first year that we made money on it, and I think it was a total of sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> or something like that. Um, you know, yeah, one and of the it costs things- fifty thousand to put on if you added everybody's time and resources up. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, I can't even add the time and resources. Then I know I don't make money. Uh, because if they paid us by the hour, the organization would go broke. Uh, but what what happened was when Danny took it over, I mean, gave it over to us, we didn't want to change anything. We wanted to keep the price simple because we want to introduce people to the event, get them to Grand Isle, and have a good time. You know what I mean? We have people from – Right now, it's in like 23 states, 24 states, uh, as far away as Australia, New Zealand. Um, and and so we just wanted to keep it simple. Now, when I went to the board to pitch it, they said, well, you need to make it a membership drive. So so we did. We included membership in the ticket. Um, so it was 75 bucks 10 years ago or nine years ago, whenever, uh, they, they, the second year. And uh, we kept it that way, but we put the membership cost in it. Um, and so for that 75 bucks, you get a CCA membership, which is $35. And, yes, believe it or not, we've got to write the check to CCA National to do that. Um, you get a shrimp boil from Carmadell's and Louisiana Seafood. You get a, you know, a $50 retail value shirt and a ditty bag. And what I'm calculating is, you know, 
$15,000 in prizes to give away. So, uh, no, it, it is strictly a membership drive. If, if it makes a few dollars, you know, the, the board's happy with me, but they don't expect it. And it provides an awful lot of recreation for an awful lot of people that come down in to enjoy it. This thing has grown no more than a competitive event. It, it, it's kind of like almost a cross between Mardi Gras and Tarpon Rodeo. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Everybody kind of has their 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 comparisons. Danny calls it uh, the closest thing to Woodstock. Um, but it, <laughs> oh no, it, it's <laughs> not even <it> close. Is, <laughs> <laughs> well, from the sense of uh, just all like-minded people getting in a place to have a good time. You know, uh, it's funny. We have so many first-time ride the bull participants call me and like, hey, look, I'm nervous. I know it's going to be super crowded. What do I do? And I'm like, look, just ask. And and what I mean by that is whether it's me or any of the participants, it is by far the friendliest tournament setting you've ever seen. It's not competitive. Well, let me rephrase that. It is competitive. But everybody's doing the same thing. So it it's really a luck of the draw um, to a certain extent. So they don't mind sharing secrets. They don't mind helping you unload stuff and load the, you know, do things. I, I literally watched one of the most serious anglers I know that fishes the tournament last year. He was sitting next to a guy that was very apparent, not a serious tournament angler. And all of a sudden the guy's like, man, I broke off again. That was my last leader. And so, you know, in that situation, he's got a long paddle home and, and his day's over. The serious tournament angler yelled at him and said, come over here. I got some stuff for you. We'll get you back to fishing. And sure enough, I end up seeing them tied off together. Um, and, and the serious angler was trying to help him not only rig it, but catch a fish. So uh, it's that type of atmosphere. Um, you know, I think more people come for the party and, and the camaraderie and the, and the shrimp boil than, than they do for the actual fishing. But, uh, but when all of a sudden you have that group sitting out in Kamenata Pass and, and the, bull, the school of bull reds comes through and, you know, there's 60 to 100 people hooked up at a time, it's a happening. It is something that uh, everybody wants to see at least once. You know, I don't know what it is about kayakers. But there's this brotherhood and sisterhood thing among them, and it's unlike anything in, in, in any other aspect of outdoors that I've ever seen, that they, they always want to offer help and suggestions and give tips to one another, help them when they've got problems in maneuvering or whatever, and, and that just makes it so much more enjoyable. Red, we're going to take a break here. I think I got my uh, problem solved. And when we come back, I want to talk about the schedule of events, how it's going to take place next Friday and Saturday down there. And also, uh, I got a request and see if we can maybe do some call-ins from some of the contestants while the tournament is going on, while we're still on the air, because Marucci, uh, with their lifestyle collection sunglasses and tackle cooler bags, has jumped up to uh, be basically a sponsor for our broadcast down there this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Actually, next weekend, this one's not over yet. We're talking with Rad Trasher. If you've got a question or a comment about Ride the Bull, I know a lot of you are first-time kayakers or paddlers or maybe have been an experienced kayaker but never fished this particular event. And if you want to get details, information, now's the time to do it. 504-260-6368, or you're welcome to shoot a quick text message in. That comes in to me at 870-870. Just put the numbers in, your question, comment, hit the send button, and we got it for you. We'll be right back after this. 
And thank you for tuning in this morning to More Outdoors. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, 8 to 9, we're going to have our Hunt Fish Talk segment. Wendy Billiard, also known as the Bayou Woman, is going to be joining us as will Keith Lusher. We've got some outdoor topics to discuss in a roundtable discussion with fellow Louisiana Outdoor Writer Association members. Uh, for the rest of this time, we've got Rad Trasher with us. We've been talking about Star. He's the director for that. He's also taken on another job, Ride the Bull director. That is coming up at Bridgeside Marina next weekend. And, Rad, if you would, kind of run down the schedule and uh, give us the, the deadline for people to sign up who may be listening and have never fished it, but they've got some interest in doing that. So we will close down online registration on Tuesday. Um, so we'll shut that down, and then we're going to break camp and, and head to Grand Isle. Um, and then registration will be open from uh, and check-in Friday at 3 p.m. at Bridgeside Marina. You know, the home group and our staff will be there to, to, to check everybody in as well as take new registrations. And that will run to about – to about eight o'clock on Friday night, and then you are actually allowed to, to register Saturday morning as well. Uh, but I would encourage you if you think you're going to do it, get in, get in now, uh, so we know you're coming, so we can have everything prepared for you. Um, but you can do it on site, and believe, we all know it happens every year. I think you know we're sitting about six hundred, a little over six hundred right now, registrants, and typically we get a hundred. Uh, 150 on on, uh, on on tournament day. So uh, it's going to be a great crowd. Well, I know a lot of people want to wait and get the weather forecast before they commit, and they're certainly entitled to do that, but it certainly makes it a lot easier for themselves and for you if they, they get that early registration in. In what instances would – has it ever been delayed or canceled because of weather conditions there? Can I not talk about that, Don? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, have, as far as I know, uh, we've never had uh, we've never had an issue, um, but we have had to kind of move the times around a little bit. Uh, in fact, the first year I, I took over, um, we we had a big thunderstorm come in, and so we we pulled everybody off the water, and uh, and then actually we let them go back out. Now, granted. It was it was bright around lunchtime, and so a lot of them didn't. Uh, but we gave them that opportunity and extended the times. And so, what will happen is Saturday night at the captains' meeting, I will have a very good briefing from not only NOAA but uh, our sponsor WAFB and their weather team, and we're going to have a pretty good idea of what we're going to be dealing with. Um, and then we will go over it all over again Saturday morning. Um, because we've got to make sure, you know, we keep everybody safe. And so that's the number one goal. Um, and if we got to pull you off the water, we will. We will sound a horn and make everybody start paddling. Um, but hopefully we don't have to do that. And, you know, God has looked out after us. And, you know, we've had horrible weather. You know, what, two years ago was the, the hurricane in Houston. It was the same day as you ride the bull. Uh, years before we've had other tropical storms hitting Florida <laughs> that um but for some odd reason Grand Isle has been really good on this last weekend of August. Well it sounded like you had technical difficulties under wraps. There you are. Yeah, well I was uh trying my other system again and uh it evidently wasn't in place yet. But uh 
Anyway, what I'd asked you was uh, the documentary that Chris Lecoq has put together, 10 Years of Ride the Bull. Uh, part of that is going to air on next week's Bayou Wild TV. But the full-length documentary, which from what I've seen is phenomenal, is going to be actually put on the board down there and run at the marina during Friday night at some point. What time is that scheduled? So we're going to have, you know, we're going to start serving shrimp uh, from Carmadale's about 5 o'clock. And uh, around 7, I will start a captain's meeting. And my speech is very short. It just depends on how many questions they they throw at me. Um, and then as soon as that's complete, probably 7.30 or so, we're going to uh, we're gonna put it on the big screen and, and let everybody take a look at it. Uh, look, Don, you've probably seen more of it than I have, but he did an incredible job. It is, I mean – not only is he talented, but he put all the puzzle pieces together. I can't imagine the amount of footage he had to go through of all of his work over the last 10 years at that event. Uh, so we're, we're pumped. Not allowed to fish a couple of days before. For this one, I can hardly see where that would matter. So if somebody wants to go down and do some scouting, that's perfectly fine, correct? Absolutely. Come down. Come spend a week in Grand Isle. Come, come spend money at the marinas and restaurants and hotels and, and have a big time. Uh, there will be a lot of people pre-fishing it. Uh, I will tell you that most of the anglers you will you will see are up in the marsh uh, that, you know, a couple of days leading up to it because they know that the pre-fishing really isn't that helpful. Uh, it can be fun, um, but it, it's not – it doesn't really do a whole lot for you. Uh, the ones that do want to do it, the thing I would tell you is learn the bottom. Learn the contours of the pass. Uh, don't don't think about the fish, where you caught the first fish uh, that day. Uh, they come through in schools, and they're not going to be at the same place the second day. So uh, that's my tip, but feel free. Go after it. question was, uh, will the participants, are they allowed to carry cell phones with them while they're fishing? Absolutely. Uh, bring, bring your cell phones. Uh, you know, I would definitely put them in a plastic bag, <laughs> but uh, but they can bring them. In fact, you know, we, we encourage them to, to have it not only to check the leaderboard, which we will be posting on, on our Facebook page very regularly, um, but also if they need help or call a chase boat or whatever, they have access to do so. Well, what I'd also like to offer is this, because we're going to be doing live radio there between 7 and 9, they can actually listen to our broadcast via their cell phones by going to radio.com. It's it's an app they can put on their iPhone, and I will collect as many phone numbers from willing participants Friday night who would like to be contacted and get some live up-to-the-minute reports while they're fishing on the water about what they're catching and what they've seen out there, just to kind of make the whole thing interactive between everybody, where they can hear what's going on and we'll update the leaderboard and they can get what what they're shooting for. And uh, I think it's going to add a whole dimension to it. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. Uh, You know, we'll help spread the word on that. And, uh, you know, they, they all have the cell phones, and obviously I'll... You know, I'll be available too, as long as I'm not pulling fish in from people. Uh, I'll be on my boat. But uh, absolutely, I think it's going to be cool. We're excited to have you as well as the Murchie folks coming down down this year and, and broadcasting. I mean, look, people are pumped up. It is uh, th- there is a whole different buzz about it this year that that really is making me excited. Uh, and and y'all are just another piece of the puzzle that. Uh, we've never had before, and I know people would love to see you, but also talk to you from the water. Uh, and they'll probably, you, you know, you'll find uh, 
you might need the guy on the buzzer of the, the beep um, pretty quick. <laughs> we'll have that ready. Anyway, I'll be willing to, after at 9 o'clock when I get off, I'll be uh, willing to join your crew. You can put me to work doing whatever, rescue boats, uh, tallying, whatever you need until the way in. I'll be down there for the final event. So I'm really oh, looking perfect. forward to it. It's going to be a great time. they got some contests. And, you know, go to Bayou Wild TV's Facebook. we got a photo contest going on. And understand there's a costume contest, too, in place. <laughs> there is. It's funny, mate. We've had people dress up in costumes every year and kind of, yeah, let's, let's do this the right way. And so I went to Hancock Whitney Bank and said, look, I need another, I need you to donate a kayak. <laughs> and so best, the best costume of the day of fishing um, is going to win a wilderness kayak decked out uh, from, from the backpacker. Really cool deal. Uh, the chase boats are actually going to nominate their top five, and then we're going to let the people at the awards ceremony pick it. Um, so should be a lot of fun. It will also obviously add to a whole lot of chatter on, <laughs> on social media because we're going to be posting those pictures all day. Oh, that is going to be fantastic. Looking forward to it, Rad. Thanks for spending some time with it. Thanks for all the hard work you do on both events, Star and also Ride the Bull, and we'll see you next Friday night. Thanks, Don. Take care. All righty. Rad Trasher, CCA star director and also director for Ride the Bull. All right. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to get uh, Wendy Billiard in here. She went on a Cajun invasion to Alaska. We're going to talk about that. Also about Louisiana Outdoor Riders Association and also about this ban on deer urine attractants. Keith Lusher will be here, too. It's called Hunt Fish Talk on More Outdoors. We'll be right back after this quick break. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.